Hey everybody, welcome back to the Crowd Noise Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Martinez, on a Friday, May 24th, 2019. Crowd Noise comes out one day later than usual. I apologize for the delay if it was any sort of inconvenience for you. Um, but yesterday, I had a fantastic day yesterday. It was. Uh, I'm going to tell, give you a little recap of my Thursday yesterday and kind of an explanation why there was uh, no crowd noise yesterday and it's coming out today. One of my uh, high school teachers, uh, Mr. Ket- Mr. Kettlehut, throw his name out there. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's a violation. You don't know what his first first name is. It's not Mister. It's just, that's just his title, Mr. Kettlehut. Anyway, my astronomy teacher in high school, fantastic. I mean, he's a great guy, fantastic teacher, one of, one of the greatest teachers I've ever had. This is his last year at my alma mater. I'm not going to throw out my uh, high school out there because then then you really can track him down. But uh, this is last year in my alma mater. He's moving on to another high school. I'm also not going to give out where he's going. Um, not that it's not even a big deal, but I'm still still just not going to throw it out there. But anyway, went out there uh, with a couple of my friends who uh, I also had a class with um, under Mr. Kettlehut. We had him for astronomy. Uh, went down there to say goodbye to him, you know, thank, thanking him for, uh, you know, just for being a fantastic teacher. He's a really fun a uh, really fun guy to be around, really great teacher. Had a lot of fun during the class. It was a perfect mix- mixture because I'm sure you have, you've had classes in high school where it's like the teacher's cool, but the class sucks. Like it's like a cool teacher, but it's a math class. So you're not having too much fun. Or the class, you're maybe you're interested in what you're learning in, but the teacher is just one of those scoundrels. Like you just hate, hate who you're learning it from. This was, I mean, the opposite of that. It was a great class, very fun in astronomy. I'm into space. Who doesn't like space? You know, it's very interesting stuff. And he's just the coolest guy. A great fantasy football player. Going to recruit him into uh, my league uh, this upcoming season. Uh, he'll prob- probably won't. He probably won't join the league, but I'd love to have him. He's always welcome. It'd be, uh, you know, it'd be fantastic to have him uh, in the league. That would be great. And I also visited, he may or may not be listening at this very moment in time, uh, Coach Mata, my high school basketball coach and uh i guess you could say a mentor as far as you know basketball coach well i mean all coaches are mentors so i mean it doesn't matter to what extent or what you know what your relationship is your high school coach is always going to be a mentor to you but uh, coach mata he and i have a very special relationship i'd like to think i don't know maybe one way i'd like to think we're very uh have a very close relationship he did a lot for me as well uh during my high school career so it uh you know it was very special i had a fantastic day yesterday going back to it was a little strange i'm not gonna lie it was really it was a weird feeling to be in high school and not be a student it was the first time i had gone back to my high school um since graduating i hadn't gone back since then i might have gone you know once or twice like for like an open gym or something like that but i hadn't actually gone into the high school for an extended visit i guess you could say since I graduated, so I, like over like two or three years ago, I don't even know when I graduated, but um, so the first time I went back, it was kind of a strange feeling to be in there and not be a student, and you know, everyone looking at you like, like who the heck are you, like you don't know, you've never seen it, most of these people you haven't seen before, um, I got to see, like I said, Mr. Kettle, Mr. Kettlehut, that was fantastic, had a lot of fun, uh, Coach Monta, who I've, you know, I speak to often anyway, but it's just great to see him. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Went with uh, my fr- uh, friend of the show, Ben Babadook. He was there as well. Uh, another one of our friends, Grace. Uh, not a friend of the show, but a friend of mine. Uh, she went along with us as well. I just had a blast. I had so much fun. We went at 1 o'clock, and I figured uh, we're going to get into the sports eventually. So uh, just hang tight real quick. We went at 1 o'clock, and I figured, okay, we're going to be there an hour, maybe two, to come back and do the podcast. We left there like at... 3 o'clock, 3.30. I mean, we it, the time just flew by. It was so I had so much fun talking with uh, both Mr. Kettlehut and then Coach Mata. Had tons of fun. The time just flew by. Came And then we went to Baskin-Robbins. An unnecessary detail, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Who does? I mean, ice cream. It's a, it is an important detail. Went out. We had ice cream. That took another hour or two. Because, I mean, it was, I had a fantastic day yesterday. Lots of fun yesterday. So that is the explanation for no... Uh, crowd noise yesterday by the time I came back 
and this show takes me about an hour and a half to do as well, you know, the recording and then the minimal editing that I do, it takes about an hour and a half to put out. So I figured this isn't going to get out until like 5.30, almost 6 o'clock because I wasn't going to get home. I'm a, you know, slightly lazy person. I'm going to give myself some credit by not going full lazy. I am slightly lazy. I wasn't going to come home and immediately go in and start recording. So that would have taken some time as well. So I figured not a huge deal. There's always the next day. And so here we are. It's Friday. Kind of a dull day. You know, it's like 80 something degrees out. Sky's not incredibly blue, but it's not gray. It's kind of a dull Friday. But still, it's Friday. Fantastic day to to be alive. Enjoy the world. Go pet a puppy. That's like my that's like my new opener. Go pet a puppy cuz who doesn't want to pet a puppy? I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. If you if you come if your path crosses with a puppy, you're having a good day. So, uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. All a very basketball-centric episode. Again, this week, uh, we got uh, Magic Johnson and his, uh, his tell-all on uh, first take in ESPN. That was uh, some pretty big news. So, it's the third straight week now. We have, a, we have a streak going on with Lakers drama. And, well, last week was legitimate news you know, with the lottery. That was a legitimate story. This week is the category where I define as not newsworthy news. It's more of a tabloid, more of a story rather than something that's actually relevant. But it does hold enough weight to where we do have to kind of discuss it because I kind of got to give my thoughts, kind of got to give my thoughts when it comes to, uh, you know, Magic Johnson going on national television and not basically, literally calling Rob Palinka a backstabber on national television. We got to get into that. And uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Wow, what a series. I mean, I never thought it was over when Milwaukee went up 2-0. But I also did not think that this would happen. Toronto has now won three straight and has taken the series lead. They now lead three to two, uh, winning last night. There's no games tonight. There will be an Eastern Conference Finals game six tomorrow, uh, Saturday. So there's no games tonight, but that will potentially be a series clincher for Toronto. I mean, what a turn. If you had told me Toronto would come back and you know tie the series 2-2, I would have said, okay, I probably would have believed you. And I probably did kind of suspect like Toronto would insert themselves back into the series because the only way they were going to win this series or have a chance was to tie it 2-2. Can't afford to go down 3-1 and expect to win the series. They were going to have to go 2-2 to win the series. Um, that wouldn't have shocked me. But if you told me they won three straight, that would have kind of you know, given me a bit of a startle. And it has. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, of course, we're going to end the show with uh, another basketball quote of the week. I'm not going to spoil it for you. So uh, here we go. Let's start with the Raptors, okay? Because that's more recent. That's more fresh. Kind of already heard about Magic Johnson. We've been talking about the Lakers. Let's save that for the middle part of the show. Let's lead it off with something, you know, something a little bit more possessed. Something that's fresh, you know? Let's go get something. You don't want to, I don't know. I was going to make a food analogy, but here we go. Uh, Like I said, the Raptors have won three straight games now. Good Lord. Uh, Against the Milwaukee Bucks and taking a 3-2 lead in the series. And, uh, you know... A lot of people, people are kind of, you know, prisoners of the moment. Like I said, when um, Milwaukee went up 2-0, everyone said the series was over. It was done. There's no, Toronto's done. Kawhi is, he's leaving. He's not coming back. The series is finished. Like, it's a sweep or bucks and five, all this, that, and the other. Did I think Milwaukee was going to win the series? Sure. Because anytime you take a 2-0 lead and you're the number one seed, you're the best team in the East and, you know, quite possibly the second best team in the NBA overall, yeah, I do feel like you had the advantage, but I never felt the series was over, if that makes any kind of sense. I thought Milwaukee would win the series. So when they went up 2-0, that only, you know, cemented my, you know, opinion of Milwaukee, but I did not feel Toronto was going to go quietly into the night and then the series was just done and they would get swept. Did I think they would win three straight? Absolutely not. I mean, and in fact, it's not even it's not even a detriment to Toronto. It's, it's a testament 
to Milwaukee. This is the first time all season that they've lost three straight games. No combination of any three teams in the NBA has able to beat Milwaukee in three consecutive games. And lo and behold, Toronto does it uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he just he just keeps getting better. Round by round, he just keeps playing better and better and better. He had another monster night, career high in assists. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. It's a little bit of a Kobe stat. He had a career high in assists, and it was only nine, which is nothing to sneeze at. But, I mean, you think like career high. You're talking like you're, something pops in your head. A number pops in your head like 11, 12, 13. His career high was nine. So that's a Kobe number for you there. But And he's playing like Kobe Bryant single-handedly. And he has very big hands. I'm sure you're more than aware of that. So for Kawhi Leonard to do anything single-handedly, it's more, it's, you know, very comfortable. But anyway, single-handedly almost is, is dominating the series. And Kawhi Leonard is a dominant player. When you watch him play, now he's not like Shaq. When I say dominant, he's not physically imposing and what I mean by that it's not like he's unathletic or he's small nothing like that but like Shaq was just like if you go back and watch Shaq highlights it's like pure comedy it's hilarious watching Shaquille O'Neal play basketball because he's just I mean it's just no competition physically he is just a a specimen there's no one that that could I can see physically dominating Shaq or being able to compete with him Physically, athletically, Giannis is kind of similar to that, and I'm sure I'm sure you're tired of hearing the Shaq to Giannis comparisons. But I think they're fair in the sense that Giannis physically is just different. I mean, the Greek he got the name the Greek Freak for a reason. You watch him play, and just physically, you can see he's different. Kawhi Leonard is not that. He's a different type of dominant, and his quote unquote type of dominance is on the basketball game itself. Not necessarily so far so much as matchups and things like that. But you can feel when he's on the court. When you're watching if you never if you don't know who Kawhi Leonard is, let's just say you never watched any basketball before is before and you don't know who Kawhi Leonard is, but you watch this series. You would be able to tell Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the Toronto Raptors. Easily, and at times during this series, he's been the best player on the court. Okay, so you can easily see that he dominates the tempo. He dominates dominates uh, the ball. Obviously, I mean he's the best player on the team in Toronto. I mean they defer to him as well. They should, uh, but he dominates on defense. He ha- he. I mean his impact is felt defensively. We'll get to that in a second because he's really he's really uh, taking his toll on Giannis. You can feel his impact on defense. You get the sense. When he's taking over offensively and he's getting to getting into a rhythm, he can score at all three levels. Kawhi Leonard has been absolutely unstoppable this postseason, and especially in this series, these past three games. Um, his impact defensively, specifically on Giannis, it, it can't be put into words. It's invaluable what he has done on defense in this series. He, I mean, because Giannis has been the best player in the playoffs overall. And in the first two games, again, we're so such prisoners of the moment. Like now, everyone is trending down on Milwaukee. This now it's the other way. The series is over. Toronto's winning in six. The Milwaukee's—I mean, they're finished. Like, I don't think the series is over. I do think Milwaukee will win Game Six. I will say that I do think they'll come back, win in Game Six, and I do think they're going to win in Game Seven. I still am going to hold out um, for the Bucks. In seven games, uh, I think it's going to be a, a really... These, these next two games are going to be fantastic. These are just going to be fantastic basketball games. I can't wait for tomorrow to watch this game. But I'm not out on Milwaukee. And all of a sudden, everyone's like... Um, on FS1, Chris Broussard, who uh, we will definitely get to... Uh, or maybe not. But he's been in the news as well with Kevin Durant for his criticism of players. Um, now they're talking like... Like this is Giannis's fault. Like he's crumbling, he's collapsing in the playoffs. He, he's playing probably the best defensive player in the entire league. Like what did you expect? I knew he wasn't going to go for thirty every single night on Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. But because we we have so many peaks and valleys, it seems like a big collapse because of how 
how much uh, how high we put Giannis and Milwaukee on a pedestal. After the first two games, it was, it was 2-0, and everyone declared the series is over. Now it's 3-2. They lost three straight, and it, it seems because of how much we hyped up Giannis, he's come so far down. Not necessarily. Is he playing great? No. But I will come to his defense in the sense that he's playing a great team, and he's playing an equally, if not greater player in Kawhi Leonard. Giannis may not even be in his prime as of yet. Kawhi Leonard is in his prime. So he's playing someone who, I mean, as far as age goes, he's in his, I mean, Kawhi is in his prime and Giannis has not truly entered his prime yet, which is, I mean, should be very scary for the rest of the league that he's, Giannis hasn't even entered his prime yet. But I don't think the series is over. I don't think this is a reflection on Giannis collapsing. I think this is a reflection on Kawhi Leonard stepping up. This is Kawhi Leonard. This is the guy that we remember um, dominating Golden State before he got hurt by Zaza Pachulia. And then similar similar to Le'Veon Bell, you know, taking a whole year off. Kind of forgot who Kawhi Leonard was. You know, when you go a whole year without seeing a guy play, that's a long time. Even though it's just one season, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. If a star player like Kawhi Leonard or Le'Veon Bell takes a whole year out, like away from the sport, that is a long time. And we kind of, you know, a whole season goes by. We see other players start to take over and dominate. And we kind of forget the impact that Kawhi Leonard is capable of making. And we are seeing it in this series. Uh, but like I said, kind of contradicting myself a little bit here. But this is the Crowd Noise Podcast. So you should be used to uh, contradictions by this point. I do think the Bucks will make adjustments. I don't think all of a sudden they're going to forget how to play basketball and then just lose four in a row. These aren't the Boston Celtics. Milwaukee hasn't been tested in the playoffs as of yet. This is their first real test. They swept Detroit. They beat Boston in five games, winning four in a row there. Then they started off 2-0 in this series. So they had won six straight games in the postseason. Or actually, that's, oh, I know, because they lost, I was going to say they won 10 straight because they swept Detroit, but that's not true because they lost game one against Boston. But they had won, they'd only lost one game coming into the series, and they went up 2-0. So it's kind of hard to keep that that streak, that level of success going to win. Is this still recording? I hope so. Um, sorry about that. I looked at my, uh, looked at the phone here and it was shut off. So I was kind of uh, concerned there. So if you had, if you didn't hear that, I'm just going to repeat it real quick. Um, Milwaukee had been going on, they had, we're on a streak going in the postseason playing Toronto winning six straight or what was it? I forgot what I would said. I forgot what I said. Um, so they had won six straight games going to, into, the, into the Toronto series. And then they had swept uh, Detroit in the first round. Going into the Toronto series, they had only lost one game. So it's hard to keep streaks like that, especially in the postseason going. Like, I think, I mean, so people were expecting them to sweep Toronto or at least win in five or, or, five or six games. Going into the finals, they would have only lost two games at that point total. That's incredibly hard to do. So I don't think this is the end for Milwaukee. I just think they've hit somewhat of a speed bump. And this is the first real test. They finally hit it. They found a team that punches back. They've been hitting teams. They've been knocking them down and, you know, getting these third round uh, knockouts. And they've just been walking out of the ring. Now they find a team that punches back. And they've gotten hit in the mouth. And they're on the ropes right now. But Milwaukee is a great team themselves they are going to come back i do think they're going to win game six i personally feel like they're going to win in seven it's not out of the question they won six in a row it's not impossible for them to win two in a row i do think they'll make adjustments uh Giannis, now they're talking like they're talking about Giannis like he's ben simmons like oh all you got to do is crowd the lane zone him up and he can't, he's powerless he can't do anything come on i mean if it were that easy i don't think Giannis would even be or the bucks would even be in this position in the conference finals I think Boston would have figured that out by now. I think Detroit would have shown some signs of exposing him because they had Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. To per- if, if that was true, just crowd the lane, then Detroit would have had the perfect formula for beating Milwaukee because they have two bigs. They crowd the lane with the Twin Towers, and it, I mean, that would have been a six or seven game series out of the first round. So I don't think that's necessary. Is that the strategy? Yes. If I had to pick my poison, I would dare Giannis to be a jump shooter. But, I mean, you're not going to entirely shut him down. And, I mean, you're going to slow him down. He has struggled. But I do think Coach Bud 
which is a, you know, it's a strange, it's like Woj and Woj, because Adrian Woj and Narowski, but we say Woj bombs, and, you know, Coach Bud is actually Coach Budenholzer. Anyway, that's besides the point. It has nothing to do with basketball, but I do think they're going to make adjustments. They will figure something out. They made adjustments after one game against Boston, and they never looked back. Um, you know, they are down. They are kind of, they're on their back foot right now, facing elimination, but I, do, I don't think Giannis is going away that easily. One thing that I have noticed, and this kind of bothered me, uh, you know I'm a stickler for these kinds of things, his efficiency or lack thereof from the free throw line. I mean, like, all three of these games, he's airballed free throw. All three of these games that they've lost, he has airballed free throws. I mean, he's just looked uncomfortable at the free throw line, which is like, I know he's not a great free throw shooter. I mean, we knew that already, not even just going into the series. We just knew that about Giannis Antetokounmpo. But I didn't think it was this bad. I mean, if you airball a free throw, that's, I mean, there may be something wrong with Giannis mechanically. As far, I mean, like there, he might need to get back into the gym and start working on his jump shot a little bit more or just work on your free throws. And a lot of times when you're struggling offensively, they can't get a bucket, you're not shooting well, you're not scoring. The secret for that is work on your free throws because you're focusing so much on just, you know, it's a simple wide open shot mid-range distance um your free throws will get going like it's kind of like in baseball when you're struggling and you're in a slump they say the number one thing to do is work a walk because you're seeing a lot of pitches you're gonna have to fight pitches off you're gonna have to be disciplined enough to take pitches around the strike zone and then you kind of get a feel for the zone again you get a feel for your swing again and a lot of people work their ways out of slump out of a slump through a walk by working it, it doesn't see it seems like that wouldn't help you you think, oh, just get a home run or get another, you know, line drive double or whatever the case may be. It's actually, you want to work out a walk to get out of a slump in baseball. It's kind of similar in basketball. It's not have a monster, if you're, uh, the way to get out of a slump is score 50 points. Not necessarily true. The way to get out of a slump in basketball, in my opinion, is to start hitting free throws. Because you start getting your shot a little bit in rhythm. They're free points. That's why they're called free throws. You know how much I love free throws. They're very important. It's the difference between winning and losing basketball games. You see the ball go in the hoop. You get a rhythm for your shot. And you get more confidence later going at the line. Uh, You get more confidence driving in the rim. Obviously, because if they foul you, you know you're going to the free throw line. You're going to convert. I think if Giannis starts working on his free throws a little bit more in between this off day um, and converts, we're going to know how much in rhythm he is early in the game, right? Because he's going to get fat. He goes in the line all the time he's like he's like a James Harden Kevin Durant he has the art of getting to the free throw line but unlike Kevin and Durant Kevin Durant and James Harden not as skilled at the free throw line that's where I think um, his game can improve not necessarily so much at shooting threes I think he should improve at shooting free throws um, in that first quarter if he goes five for six or something like that uh, he's gonna have a good game if he gets six free throws in the first quarter, that would be great. Especially if he gets six free throws in the first quarter, he's definitely going to have a good game. But if he converts those chances, uh, I think Milwaukee will win the game, and then that'll turn that'll turn things around for Giannis, and they'll probably win the series at home in Milwaukee. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a fantastic series. Very closely, um, it's very competitive. These two teams are, are stacked so similarly. They're kind of a one-man wrecking crew. With great supporting cast. Um, you know, obviously Toronto, you have Kawhi, but then people forget you got Kyle Lowry still, Spicy P, uh, Mark Gasol. You have options. Um, they're not studs, they're borderline all star players, but they're very good complementary players for Kawhi Leonard. Uh, same situation in Milwaukee. You have Giannis, and then he's surrounded by Eric Bledsoe, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Brooke Lopez. So, um, so you have plenty of players around him that will complement his game and pick up the slack. Um, I don't think either of these teams are capable of being gold, beating Golden State. May, I mean, and again, because I was talking, I, I think that's how we ended the show last week, saying, you know, the series isn't over, but Milwaukee poses a big threat to Golden State because of their defense. And now it's completely flip flopped. Well, Toronto poses a very good threat to Golden State because Kawhi Leonard is like Golden State's greatest fear, and they play such great defense. I think both teams. I think this will be a great series, a good or maybe not great, a good finals series, which is an improvement upon last year and maybe even the year before that uh, finals. We've had two, I mean, terrible, very boring finals. Uh, even a good six-game series where you feel Golden State is in command the whole series, but it's a tough six. I'll take that. I, I want to watch something entertaining. I want to actually 
competitive championship series, which is what I think we're going to get with either Milwaukee or Toronto. I think we're going to get, uh, we're going to be in for a treat. There's going to be some good games in there. I'm still not going against Golden State, the monster. I mean, and Kevin Durant has already been ruled out for the first game or two uh, of the NBA Finals. So maybe Toronto slash Milwaukee steals a game one or game two, and we go into game, we go it on the road away from Oakland, series tied. Potentially, that would be very interesting to see. But I can't, I can't go against Golden State, especially. I mean, they demolished Portland. They and again, they were the bear, the better team. They were supposed to win that series. But they just look fantastic. I mean, they were absolutely on fire. It looked like 2014 uh, Golden State. It looked like second-year MVP Steph Curry. It was unbelievable. They reminded you who the Golden State Warriors are. I cannot pick against them, especially with all this rest. And I don't think there's going to be rest versus rust situation. I think they're, they're just going to be well-rested. I think they're going to come out guns a-blazing that first series. Especially, you got to remember, the last series ever in the Oracle Arena, win or lose, no matter what happens, the last games they're ever going to play there. I think they're going to feed off the atmosphere uh, in Oracle. They'll probably, and I'm, I'm actually forecasting a little bit too much, but this series right now, currently, not looking into the future, right now, the present, we have a great series on our hands. I think it's only going to get better. I, I do think it'll go seven games. As I said, I feel like Milwaukee can win two straight. I feel like they're very capable of doing that. Um, but if not, which, I mean, could easily... I mean, Toronto's already won three in a row. What's going to stop them from winning four? I would not mind seeing Kawhi Leonard in the finals with you know against Golden State. We finally get the proper series. A few years, like I said a few years ago, Kawhi Leonard was dominating the Golden State Warriors. Then he gets injured, and the Golden State Warriors dominated the Spurs. The series was over at that point. So we finally get you know a, a proper rematch from that series. And, uh, you know, the Raptors have been playing fantastic, specifically Kawhi Leonard. I'm really, really, and it could be a contract year. Players always find a way to turn things up when it's a contract year. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard's a free agent this, uh, this offseason. But whatever the case may be, I don't care if it's, I mean, he's a great player. It's not like he's playing for the money, and that's the only reason he's uh, putting up these numbers. He's absolutely capable of playing like this on any given night. And it's just been very fun to watch, and he's reminded everyone just how great he is. And another person reminding us just who he is, one Irvin Magic Johnson. That's right. We couldn't go a week without any Lakers news. Come on. It's Crowd Noise Podcast. Just look at the colors of the, of the logo. We could not go a week without something out of the Lakers camp. And we had that week last week or two weeks ago. It was last week. We finally had got some relevant Lakers news, something that actually meant something. Something positive, something that, you know, wasn't, you know, the end of the world, the black hole that I've been describing for the Lakers. And then, of course, they had to come back down to earth. And uh, Magic Johnson goes on first take. And uh, he just basically, he does a whole tell-all. Now, I ripped Magic Johnson to shreds when he left the Lakers. Kind of softened up my opinion on that a, a little bit because, you know, at that time, I, was, I really hated how he exited from the Lakers. And a lot of people were kind of taken aback by it. He literally just called a press conference out of the locker room and just said, I'm out, and disappeared, and that was it. I mean, it was like it was unbelievable. He didn't tell anybody, which I didn't appreciate, I didn't like. Um, and then all the more details started coming out. There was dysfunction in the front office. He didn't have as much power as he felt he did. The, you know, there was rumblings of you know people talking behind his back this that and the other and it I still don't love the move especially I still I'm not I there was absolutely a better way he could have he could have resigned I mean it was absolutely ridiculous for him to just say I'm done good luck guys and just and just walk out that was ridiculous but uh, he goes on first take gives his side of the story and uh, he literally he just comes out and says it I mean it was kind of uh, enticed by Stephen A. Smith he says as far as the backstabbing, who who were the backstabbers? And Magic Johnson goes, no, it was just Rob Palinka. So he said he just calls Rob Palinka a backstabber on national television, which is like, I mean, you know, the Lakers are the Lakers. They're they're just a, they're just soap opera, which is you know good and bad in the NBA because like as I've said before many times in the past, the NBA feeds off of these stories. This is why the NBA is the most popular fran. I mean, not franchise, but sporting league or sport league 
in America. Even though the NFL pulls in the big TV numbers, I get that. But as far as you know, social media, the NBA wins. As far as fan interest, I have to say the NBA wins because of these ridiculous, these dramas, these soap opera stories. And the Lakers have been, you know, they have uh, done their part in participating over the past two and a half months or so. Um, and of course, people start breaking it down. What does this mean um, for the? What does this mean for the Lakers? What does this mean for Magic Johnson? What does this mean in free agency? Is some of it, uh, you know, kind of blown out of proportion? Yeah, sure. I mean, we all wanted to hear what Magic Johnson had to say. Uh, me especially, because it's. I mean. It was such a strange move for him to just say, I'm out, peace, and that's it. Like, out of nowhere, absolutely no one knew about it. LeBron was on the shop. Uh, didn't go too far into detail, but you could see he wasn't uh, too appreciative of the way Magic Johnson exited. Uh, and he, you can't blame him at that point. I wouldn't have been upset if LeBron had just went on a, a complete rant against Magic Johnson and demanded a trade and just went, you know, just berserk because it was, it was a very strange and aggravating moment. So we're very happy to hear from Magic Johnson and actually hear an explanation. And it was a very interesting interview. You can find all those segments on YouTube, just Magic Johnson first take, and you'll have like 58 videos of all all different kinds of content from that interview. It's great stuff. Um, and so I wanted to address the question because it was the first question that came in my head. What the heck, what does this mean for free agents? Like what, what are free agents thinking when they see something like this? And now it's a question posed on the SBN uh, on the ensuing days. Me personally. Well, I don't think this looks great for the Lakers. Clearly, you have a former president calling the current president a backstabber. Doesn't look great for the Lakers. But I don't think this is the kiss of death. I don't think this is as bad as missing out on Anthony Davis. Like, that definitely... Uh, you know, hurt the Lakers going forward. And they still even have a chance to kind of get back into the running for that anyway. So it wasn't as bad as, you know, things kind of seemed at the time. It, again, it, it's not the greatest, you know, PR move for the Lakers, Magic Johnson going on this interview. But I don't think this is a killer. And here's why. Even if that is true, which, again, all that he said, she said, we will never know. We will never know if Rob Polinka truly was just conspiring against Magic Johnson, which he may have. Magic Johnson does not come off to me as a liar or someone who, while he does seek the spotlight, he's not someone who's going to create a headline to seek the spotlight. Magic is magic. He loves to be in the spotlight, loves people to talk about him, loves attention, but in a different way. He's not going to go out, you know, creating. Th- I don't think this is manufactured by Magic Johnson. I don't think this is coming out of his imagination and he just completely made this whole thing up to what extent we will never know how how much Rob Polinka tried to get Magic Johnson removed or how much Jeannie Buss um, tried to have Rob Polinka take over her mat we will never know any of that so at the very least now that Magic Johnson is out whether he was removed or he stepped out whatever who cares he's gone at the very least while it's not a very cohesive or competent front office it is a front office that is now on the same page genie bus for better or for worse chose rob palenka over magic johnson chose kobe bryant over magic johnson chose linda and kurt rambis over magic johnson this is the administration that genie bus selected herself so at the very least there are no more factions there's no, there shouldn't be any more backstabbing, though I'm sure there will be many more stories to come from now until June 30th. But there is at least a team in the front office for the Lakers, at the very least. How competent are they? How skilled or prepared are they to bring in free agents? I, I don't know. I don't think it's a very cohesive uh, or not cohesive, because they are cohesive in the sense that they're all one unit. But I don't think they're a very skilled front office. This isn't a front office that free agents are going to be looking at, like, I want to play for these people. But at the very least, it, it seems like they should be all on the same page. Because they're all under the same administration. So, in that sense, in the long run, it is a positive that Magic Johnson has stepped down. Because now, at least, everyone in the front office is 
meant to be there and was chosen to be there. Are they the right choices? Probably not. But at least now you have some level of chemistry within the, with, you know, within the, the people within the, the front office for the Lakers. So in that sense, I don't think this is the worst thing in the world for the Lakers. And from now until June 30th, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think this is something that's going to be, well, it'll be dragged, it'll be dragged along because, you know, people need something to talk about. ESPN will definitely keep bringing this up, but I don't think it's something that free agents are going to be reflecting on very much. They still have LeBron, the number four pick overall, potentially could get Anthony Davis. I don't think this Magic Johnson tell-all will destroy the Lakers' chances in the summer. I really don't. Even though he, I mean, literally goes on, I can't stress this enough, it's absolutely unbelievable. He goes on national television and calls Rob Palenka a backstabber. Not the greatest look, but I don't think it's something that will deter for you. I mean, again, it's not going to, um, if you're not, if you don't want to go to the Lakers, this isn't the reason. There are many other reasons why you wouldn't want to go to the Lakers in free agency. This isn't the main one. Like, this isn't the one that's going to break the camel's back. It's, there have been plenty of reasons before now to say, I don't think I want to play for the Lakers. There have been many worse reasons than this right here. So I don't think this is, you know, going to destroy um, the Lakers' chances of free agents. I don't think it'll help, but I don't think it will hurt either. Um, as far as the actual interview, the situation that we have, you know, Magic Johnson feeling like he had no other choice but to step down, feeling like he had to go on ESPN and, voice his opinion and his side of the story. I don't see this as the fault of Rob Palinka. I don't even see this as the as Magic Johnson's fault. I don't blame Linda Rambis. I blame Jeannie Buss. Because all of everything that has transpired has happened under her supervision. She is responsible for hiring and managing all of the people who I've just mentioned. She hired Magic Johnson. She hired Rob Palenka. She made the choice to include Linda Rambis in her inner circle and, you know, let herself be influenced by Kurt Rambis, who's not even in included in, in the Lakers uh, franchise. He's not in the Lakers payroll, doesn't have any title, but clearly he does have influence uh, on the Lakers through Linda Rambis' wife uh, being... Very close friends with Jeannie Buss. I blame Jeannie Buss for this whole situation because all she hired all these people. Everything under her is... I mean, she's the owner. She's the very... T- I mean, I don't know how else to say it. She is the number one. She's the ultimate boss. All of this has happened under her. So you have to... I mean, you have to blame the top. The head of the organization. Not LeBron... It's just a player. I mean, and he gives his input, gives his advice to the front office. I'd like to play with these guys. Maybe you should go try and look at this guy, whatever. But he can't actually execute his own plan. He's not a GM yet, even though I'm sure he'll find some way to own a team or be the GM of a team, you know, many years in the future. But he can't actually do these things. It's Jeannie Buss who has hired all these people and, you know, kind of, whether Magic Johnson was qualified for the job or not, Jeannie Buss hired him. Whether Rob Polinka was qualified to be the GM or not, Jeannie Buss hired him. And I feel like once things started getting out of control and Magic started to get the feeling he needed to take control, Jeannie Buss decided to take control by releasing all control. You ever heard the saying, don't do business with your friends? Jeannie Buss broke that rule Three times over, she went into business with Magic Johnson, her friend, went into business with Kobe Bryant, by extension through Rob Palenka, her friend, and went into business with her friend, very close, her best friend, Linda Rambis, and could not cross any one of them. She didn't want to cross Kobe Bryant by letting Magic fire Rob Palenka. She didn't want to cross Magic Johnson by overruling his power, even though it seems like there was a disagreement in how Luke Walton was going to be handled and how uh, drafts were going to be handled because there was sto- another story came out earlier this season that Magic wanted Fox, De'Aaron Fox, and 
Genie Bus wanted Lonzo Ball because it was a better business move. Uh, you know how I feel about that. You're in the business of winning. Winning sells tickets. I don't care where you're from. If you don't win games, you're not going to sell tickets. So there's that. Uh, you know, she didn't want to cross Linda Rambis by not taking her advice and not at least giving her a voice in the franchise, which I don't even, uh, I don't know Linda Rambis personally, but I don't, she doesn't come off to me as a basketball savant. I don't know how how um, valuable her advice is. And so you have this, this you know, discoordinated, you know, discombobulated front office. And I could see why Magic Johnson stepped down because he could not do the things that he wanted to do, whether they were the right moves or not. There was, everyone had power in the front office. Therefore, no one had power in the front office. There was just too many opinions, too many voices. It was just a lawless jungle. And Jeannie Buss, the one person who could take command and could put people in places and could give power to some people and take away powers from others, she did not. She just kind of took a hands-off approach, and so here we are today. Now again, this isn't the Armageddon, the Lakers are doomed speech that I've given four times over. I'm just saying there is a problem, and I do think Jeannie Buss is probably the biggest problem. They're Rob Palinka, Linda Ram, all, they're all symptoms. The problem is Jeannie Buss. And while Magic Johnson went on first take and named Rob Palinka the problem, didn't say anything bad about Jeannie Buss. It was really more about him trying to, you know, get the word out on Rob Palinka. I do think Rob Palinka is a symptom of Jeannie Buss. Therefore, she is to blame for what has gone down in the Lakers organization. Now, again, they could turn all of this around. They could sign Kyrie Irving. They could trade for Anthony Davis. And I'll just shut up because that big three right there is automatically, when you have LeBron James, you're, you're automatically a title contender. So they could turn all of this around. But I just wanted to give my two cents on the Magic Johnson, you know, going on TV. I wanted to give my two cents on what has gone down in the Lakers front. And again, of course, I have no connections in the Lakers, but this is completely me shooting in the dark here with the information that I've been given. I feel like Genie Bus has given gave power to everyone and therefore no one really had much power over anyone else and it was just it was just too many opinions at, at, at too quickly. So that's uh that's what I feel. I feel like Genie Bus is to blame for what has gone down in the past year and a half. The Magic and Rob Palinka fighting, Linda Rambis in, I mean now she has a voice in, in the front office. Uh, she was also afraid to cross Kobe Bryant through by extension through extension of Rob Palinka. So, you know, we don't really know who truly is in charge. Jeannie Buss may not even be truly in charge uh, in the Lakers. So it seems like she's taking a hands-off approach. And if you want to be a leader, you got to be hands-on. You have to be a leader. You can't be a leader and force people to do, you know, all your work for. I mean, a leader delegates. A leader doesn't I don't know. Clearly, I'm a, I'm a leader myself. But I, I just think Jeannie Buss has to uh, take most of the blame for what has gone down uh, in the Lakers' front office. Time for the quote of the week. So here we go. Quote of the week. We find the best quote from the past week. We put it in the last show, and we called this part of the show the quote of the week. So here we go. Uh, and this one I kind of... Uh, Kind of agree with. It. I kind of like this one. Uh, so here we go. Quote: I would rather win a championship than be third team All NBA. Warrior shooting guard Clay Thompson uh, got snubbed from the uh, All NBA team. Didn't even he didn't make any team. Wasn't All NBA. He was All NBA nothing. So um, they told him in a press. I guess it was after practice. You know they have their little press conferences or whatever. And they told him, hey, the all-NBA teams came out. And they said, oh, yeah, really? What, you know, okay. <laughs> like, um, so the reporter told him, you didn't make any. Which is, I mean, kind of, that's not cool. I mean, like, you don't just go up to someone. Uh, their, their supporter, was, he was looking for a response. Because why would you go up to someone and say, hey, the all-NBA teams came out. By the way, you're not even on there. Like, what? This guy, that guy sucks, man. Like, I don't know why he would, I don't know why he would do that. That wasn't cool. But he was, I mean, he's a reporter. He's looking for a story, but. Also, I mean, not 
not a very decent move as a human being to make. But anyway, besides the point, we have quote of the week, I guess, thanks to that reporter. Uh, Clay Thompson was furious. He was beside himself, as he should be. Or maybe no, I kind of disagree with him in this sense. He's very upset. I mean, really mad. I under I agree with him in the sense that yes, Clay Thompson is one of the best shooting guards, if not the best shooting guard in all the NBA. It depends on how you categorize uh, James Harden. James Harden, you know, is it is he point Harden? Is he shooting guard James Harden? Uh, but Clay Thompson, easily one or two, in in my personal opinion. Paul George is a, sh- a small forward, so I'd have to say I'd have to say Clay Thompson. At least number two in the league. And he's not even a third string. He's not even on a third team. Like, unbelievable. But I disagree with him in this. And he goes, you know what, that's fine. He was kind of, he was really upset. And then he goes, that's fine. Because he kind of realized how lucky he is. He's on a fantastic franchise. The best team. One of the best teams we've ever seen in basketball history. And a a well-run front office complete opposite of the los angeles lakers they're in a very well-run organization he's in a not a small market but not a huge market. i mean they're moving to san francisco silicon valley it's only going to get better for them a brand new arena i mean he's 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 very fortunate to be on the on the golden state warriors would he be would his numbers be better on a different team yeah probably and this is what he's alluding to he's on this great team and everyone outside of the crowd noise podcast talks about uh steph curry first uh, Kevin Durant first. No one really gives Clay the love that he deserves, except for the Crowd Noise podcasts. We love Clay Thompson. I'll tell you that right now. Um, and this is kind of what he's alluding to. You play in a great team like this, your numbers are going to go down. And we're seeing it again with Kevin Durant now. Uh, Steph's numbers—he's going bananas on the. I mean, it's it's nuts what Stephen Curry's doing. It looks like the former MVP, unanimous MVP, Stephen Curry. Because Kevin, you take Kevin Durant out of the equation, everyone else's numbers are going to go up. Um, but the team is not as good. And so he's saying, I'd rather play for a team. I'd rather not be NBA on, on an all-NBA team, but win all these these titles every single year. I'll take that. And I agree with him in that sense. Where I disagree with his anger is, what do these teams even mean? Because they're not a reflection on who are the best players. It's really a reflection on who had the best statistical regular seasons. And the reason I say, and especially the all-star teams, those are even less meaningful in my opinion, but LeBron James made the all-NBA third team. And so what that means, but it's not true. So you're telling me LeBron James, if you got a team of all the best players in the NBA, LeBron James wouldn't even be, he wouldn't even be the first guy off the bench. He'd be a, a role player, like he's on third team All NBA, and that's not true. Absolutely not true. If you're getting the best players in the league, LeBron starts. He's the first player you get. So uh, it's not. It does not reflect how good of a player you are in, the, in that sense, because there aren't six or seven guards that I would take ahead of Clay Thompson. There's not two or three other players that I would take over LeBron James. Like third team All NBA, that suggests that he doesn't even—he's not even the first guy off the bench, and that's not even almost true. And All Stars are even less significant because those are voted on by the fans. And to be quite honest, the fans don't know as much as they think they know. Okay, it's—they're neither do the writers. I think, and even the players, because the players—I mean, obviously they have the highest knowledge because they're in—they know who they play against, they know who the toughest competition is. But they do have their beefs, and they're not going to vote for some guys. They're going to vote for their teammates. So you can't. I don't focus too much on all NBAs. I don't focus on All Star appearances. I just focus on what you do in the postseason. What kind of a player are you? How good do you play under pressure? Um, obviously, rings are a part of it, but not everyone has that opportunity because not everyone plays for the Golden State Warriors. So there's a bunch of different things that I look at, you know, in defining players before All NBA, before um, All Star appearances. And this is why, because it does not truly reflect how good of a player you are. It reflects on how good of a statistical season you have. And there are some players who do deserve to be All-NBA, and they are you know, some of the best players. Stephen Curry was All-NBA point guard. James Harden was All-NBA first team shooting guard. I, I would put those guys there too. I mean, I would make that selection. But it does not reflect how good those players truly are. So I understand where Clay is coming from, you know, kind of the level of disrespect. But if it were me, if I were an NBA champion, um, 
you know, I, I, I don't look into that stuff now. And I get, I get that players, it's more of a pride thing. It's more about respect. You want to get that recognition. But I don't see this as a huge deal. Is it ludicrous? Absolutely. But I don't care about it. So it does, it's not a big deal for me. Is Clay Thompson playing for all NBA appearances? Absolutely not. And does he feel disrespected? Of course, because he knows that he's a top two shooting guard, if not top one shooting guard, depending on where you categorize James Harden, in the entire league, and he doesn't even make the third team? Like, are you kidding me? Um, but this is not why you play the game. You play... Why do we play the game, Herm? You play to win the game, and specifically to win championships, which Clay Thompson looks like he's well on his way to doing again, so I don't think this is... Uh, something that's going to bother him too much going into the summer. That is the end of our show uh, this week. One day later, probably, um, I don't think this is going to happen again next week. Should be uh, right on schedule next Thursday. I apologize that there was any inconvenience. I doubt that there was any inconvenience, but, I mean, I'm sorry just in case there was. Uh, go ahead and uh, like and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Subscribe. Please share with your friends. I would really, really appreciate it. Uh, it'd mean a lot to me. Help grow the crowd noise community. And uh, I don't know, if we grow it enough, maybe we can get uh, t-shirts or something. I don't know. Um, I had a fantastic day yesterday. Uh, I was just, it was great. I had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I got to see uh, uh, Mr. Kettlehut. Got to talk to Coach Mata, who may or may not be listening uh, right now. If you are, how you doing, Coach? Uh, if you're not, well then... You're dead to me. But no, I'm just kidding. So um, definitely going to try and recruit uh, Mr. Kettlehut to uh, our fantasy league. Probably won't join, but uh, he'll definitely uh, have that opportunity if he wants to. Um, so I had, you know, I had a fantastic uh, two days. Got to uh, go visit uh, Mr. Kettlehut, Coach Mata, yesterday. And I got to spend the last uh, hour with you guys. So, uh, you know, very uh, fun Thursday, Friday for me. So uh, I'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Make sure you guys watch that uh, Eastern Conference Finals tomorrow. That's going to be a very fantastic basketball game. Cannot wait for that. And I'll talk to you next week.